Attention architects and creative minds, get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul, uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. Thank you to BQE, the makers of BQE Core, for their support of this episode. BQE Core is the software that makes it easy to manage your projects and people for maximum productivity and ultimate profitability. Learn more at bqe.com. Context and Clarity has been called a community-based pro-practice masterclass for architects. It's awfully high praise, but since we began this journey back in April of 2020, we've certainly grown into a community of small firm architects, all focused on what matters most to their success. And by the way, it doesn't matter if you're the employee of a firm that's dreaming of going out on your own, or you've owned your own firm for 26 years. There's something here for everyone. And that's where you come in. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Context and Clarity Podcast. Every week, we have a conversation with an expert or a thought leader on things that matter most to the success of architects just like you. Then we go backstage with someone from our community and we talk about what we learned, what our biggest takeaways were, and how we're going to apply what we heard to our own businesses. In this episode, we talked to Shajay Bujan. He's an associate director at Zaha Hadid Architects and a co-founder and the head of computation and design at Zaha Hadid Architects Computation and Design Group, which is called ZHA Code. This is the third in our series of conversations about the intersection of the metaverse and the practice of architecture. And to be honest, I think this is the conversation that many people have been waiting for. Shajay comes from the point of view of an experienced architect working at a well-established and a really well-known firm. And he's looking at the way that real-world work will influence the virtual world and vice versa. Or as he puts it, how online and on land will influence and work with each other. 
If you've been wondering why a firm would get involved or what are the real world use cases for the metaverse and for all these virtual technologies that we've been talking about, this conversation is for you. Shajay was inspiring and enlightening and also a real pleasure to talk to. And our normal roles were a little bit mixed up for this conversation. Because of a time adjustment, Catherine wasn't available to co-host with me, so Chris Novelli graciously stepped in. Chris is also our backstage guest. He's a Hopedale, Massachusetts-based architect and podcast host. He's the owner of N3 Architecture and the host of both the Empty Lots podcast and the Home Design Academy podcast. And of course, Catherine McPhail is with us backstage. She's an architect and podcaster from Arlington, Massachusetts. In addition to Context and Clarity, Catherine hosts Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven, and she's the CEO of Demios Architects. As always, I'm looking forward to talking about our takeaways from the conversation. So let's go backstage and listen in as Catherine McVale, Chris Novelli, and I talk about our conversation with Shajay Bujan. I thought we had a great conversation with Shajay today. So, some of what we talked about, I didn't expect. I, like I said, as we were talking, I had a couple of light bulb moments. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons I love the conversation so much. Yeah, I was really happy to hear him talk so much about user experience, just because that wasn't what I was expecting him to say. So I guess you could say that was the thing that surprised me. I, I suspect that there were some in our audience that were surprised at how Shajay takes a very different view, I think, of the metaverse and, and maybe even technology than some of our previous guests that talked about the metaverse. He, he really looks at it in tandem. He calls it online and on land rather than maybe metaverse or virtual and in real life or something like that. Um, but he's, I think he's looking at this very fluidly, um, you know, as, as just coexisting, um, I, I, I don't even know what co coexisting realities, I suppose, maybe. Yeah. He kind of came right out of the gate with a concept that, or a thought that architecture has already changed forever. Right. And it's, it's already changed and it's, and it's going to be a hybrid system going forward where you have both the, the virtual or the online and the on land um, experience that's happening simultaneously. And, you know, he mentioned an example of, uh, you know, a company that might have an office building. And if you're going to a meeting, you know, traditionally you'd hop in your car or whatever and go to that office and sit in a conference room. But now you might, join or you might visit the same building on a in a virtual environment and walk into the same conference room you know virtually i mean what was accelerated through the pandemic is architecture will is forever changed it will always be hybrid now like there will be some digital representation of already built buildings uh one way or the other like i mean we're already seeing a lot of our clients kind of, uh, you know, of buildings that have been built, uh, they say, you know, like you already have the 3D model. 
you could you just host this uh, virtual experience for our employees or our users uh, so it's not the entire building it's only the reception or the the, the meeting spaces etc or the company town hall um, you know the, these kind of spaces which are social um, they they want to host them online so there is a already a, it's not really a twin but like there is a augmentation like a a digital augmentation of the physical world um so rather than meet on zoom where you have to keep sending a link you know why not just meet in the company space which is persistent right like you don't have to uh send a link like you just go to a space like you do in a re real world um or in the physical world that one blew my mind a little bit because you know like you said traditionally you might drive to the office and go to the conference room and then since the pandemic you might send out a Zoom link to everybody. So you've got to click a link to get into the Zoom room. And then he says, well, why not just go to the the online space that's all, you know, that's perpetually there and, and open for the conference. And I, you know, you know, that was maybe one of the best explanations I've heard for how, you know, practical applications for how some of this could work. And I said at the beginning, I said earlier this week, I hope, I hope that I'm not overselling the idea that I think this is the conversation everybody's been waiting for. Um, but I, I really thought that his approach to everything is it, it's, it's aspirational. Sure. It's, it's forward thinking and, and futuristic. Sure. But I think it's very, very practical and for lack of a better word and real. Right, you know, this is how things have played out, and what we have had to uh, figure out, and, and and why all of this uh, has been accepted. I really appreciated that. Um, you know, it, it's not, it's it's not this fantasy world that we're talking about, which I think a lot of times if people think about metaverse and see things, it feels like that sometimes. But this this to me was very real. It was, yeah, and, and you know some of the other uh, guests that that you've had <clears throat> sort of approached it more as like an uh, I don't know, like a we're going to create architecture for the metaverse sort of thing, and he's coming at it from maybe a more mature viewpoint um, or a more experienced viewpoint, saying that no, you know, we need to. You know, we need to, to craft these experiences for the users um, and and use our skills to uh, sort of enhance and, and drive what's what's going to happen. Yeah, and he was talking about how we're uniquely qualified to do that kind of thing and, and focus on the um, user experience and that the metaverse makes the user experience a forefront concern as opposed to all of the other things that go into uh, buildings on land, you know, like um, codes and structural issues and all these other things we can concentrate on the user. One of the things that he talked about was this idea that we've kind of fallen into maybe architecture in terms of the design aspects and the experience aspects being a nice to have. And instead of a, a necessity maybe, um, or a requirement. And, you know, as you were saying just a minute ago, Chris, a different viewpoint. And 
there, you know, you can, you can really hear this coming out in the way that Shage thinks about and talks about the metaverse and all of these technologies in the future that he really believes that this is maybe a pivotal opportunity for architects to reestablish their importance, reestablish their value uh, in the world. Um, you know, even going to, to Christopher, you know, references to Christopher Wren, which uh, were fascinating. But, um, and, and that, you know, that kind of leads me to another one of those, I called a light bulb moment, I think, as we were talking. What, a lot of what I work on has to do with people's, the public, clients, etc., people's perception of the value of architects. And you said something, Chris, during our conversation with Shajay, uh, about the fact that rarely do we have the opportunity to design something for the actual end user. In in single family residential, certainly, um, in in that arena. But if you're designing multifamily or anything commercial or some sort of institutional higher ed or whatever rarely is the end user actually involved in or do they actually have input in the design of the project and Shaje has an example of a project they're working on in Honduras where through through the metaverse uh through uh gamification the actual users the end users of the project are involved in giving input and affecting, not that they're the designers, but they're affecting the way that the, the designers are, are considering solutions to design challenges. A kind of experimental project that we are doing in Honduras, uh, in, 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 in an island called Roatan, uh, where we are trying to get the eventual buyers of the house, like to give them a experience of uh, participating in the, in the organization of the building and and so that is a live experiment for us um, uh, as as that plays out like we are also seeing how it can be translated to other kinds of buildings like office office buildings uh, and not only buildings on an island but like you know in the in the um, in the urban setting etc um, so far, we haven't really had a commercial project uh, that does that. Uh, so uh, that applies any of these uh, discoveries. But like, I think it's coming. Like we are in conversation with uh, people across from Thailand to Washington DC. Uh, they love this idea that like you know, uh, housing, for example, is one of the most expensive. Uh, decisions that uh, anybody can make in their lifetime uh, and and it should be intuitive and it, it like it should be um, it should be close to what you see it should be what you get like not like you know you, have to, you don't have to look at a plan and like kind of go through hoops and loops to to um, to get uh, what you what you uh, paid for and um yes but like there are many hurdles like you know uh, architecture is one of the oldest professions and highly regulated um 
I mean, some of it for the good, but like a lot of it, like nobody is like bothered to renew the regulations that have been there for centuries. And so, yeah, it's a bit like education. It's a bit like healthcare. Uh, Regulation is there for the right reasons, but, you know, maybe we can revisit some of them. So that's that's the exciting opportunity. But uh, yeah, we are not yet having a commercial use of that research yet, but um, we think it's coming. Back to that light bulb moment. That is what I wonder if more people had direct contact with architects, the skills of architects, the problem solving of architects, the um, the role that architects play in the built environment, would that value proposition show up in a different way than it does currently? Because I do believe it has completely eroded currently. Um, so that that to me was maybe even the most intriguing and une- and unexpected point of the conversation. Um, and uh, I just, I wanted to take it completely in that direction uh, for about another hour and a half, but you know, that wasn't really the role of, of the conversation today. When he was talking about at the end, how architects, um, you could learn on this and that program, but that architects should just keep an open mind and not think about architecture for that little bit. I thought that was, um, I think architects maybe should talk, think a little less about architecture. I mean, they've, in order to see things differently, you know, so I thought that was interesting and practical advice. Yeah, definitely. And then like, and like you said, I think you're taking it um, past just learning a pro uh, software into, into more of a, of a holistic way of thinking. And I think that is needed. And I, and I gotta, I gotta be honest. I wasn't expecting that I was going to like his answer to the sort of community design by community involvement, um, uh, proposition because I just, you know, have nightmares of, of everyone weighing in on things, but the way he explained it, it really sounded like it really sounded intriguing and, and, and something like it would be worth the time or worth the, the effort. Uh, to, to try something like that. At one point he was talking about software. Again, I, I had a bunch of light bulb moments, I guess, thinking back, but he's talking about the fact that all the software we use, we meaning architects, they're this use, you know, the AutoCADs and the Revit's and, you know, whatever, the, those are not designed or used with the user in mind. It, you know, it's it's about lines and walls and, building components and and whatever but the software or the the interfaces that are are used in the metaverse are primarily gaming platforms gaming engines and those were 100% designed and used with the user in mind and that that to me was another another big thing it's it's you know there's this reoccurring theme of the experience in the user and, you know, I guess further sort of um, amplifying that disconnect. In the metaverse, everything is about the user's experience of the space. Um, and if they get bored or if they're not uh, find it difficult to navigate, they will just leave, right? Like, and in a way that um, accentuated, like it like really brings into sharp focus the real use of architecture, even in the physical world that um you know we we need to take care or be aware of like 
how users navigate through space. Are they finding it easier to uh, find what they want? Are they are are their meetings going well? Like because of the space they're in. So all of these aspects are really foregrounded in the metaverse, um, which are a bit in the background in in physical world architecture because, like there are many other things like regulations and 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 gravity and so on. Um, we often forget like the, the one of the core functions of architecture is not shelter it is actually helping us lead socially productive lives like um, and so that's really exciting that it helps architects and us like uh, our us as architects to refine our skills in addressing the user uh, because all architecture is about the user Let's take a quick break to share more about our sponsors, Systems and Standard Operating Procedures. You already know that's how to build a profitable business and find the freedom that you want. You need systems and procedures, but you struggle with choosing which systems you need the most and how to implement those systems quickly so that you can get back to doing what you love to do the most. The Designing Your Business Masterclass series was created by acclaimed architect and business consultant, Douglas Teeger, FAIA, to help fellow architects and engineers run their firms more profitably while maintaining a healthy work-life balance. Douglas grew from a solo practitioner to becoming managing partner of his 30-plus person firm and then later sold his firm so that he can do what he does today, helping architects be more successful at Tiger Consulting. On the third Wednesday of every month, Douglas dives deep into an essential topic that will strengthen the profitability of your firm and make it sustainable for growth in the years to come. Register now for the next Designing Your Business Masterclass with Douglas Teeger at bqe.com slash masterclass. And then start implementing powerful systems for the profitability you need and the freedom you want. Every live masterclass session includes AIA continuing education credit. And when you visit bqe.com slash masterclass, you'll have access to the full library of past sessions on demand. The Designing Your Business Masterclass is free. It's brought to you by our friends at BQE, the makers of BQE Core, the software that makes it easy to manage your projects and your people for maximum productivity and ultimate profitability. Register now for the next Designing Your Business Masterclass at bqe.com slash masterclass. That's bqe.com slash masterclass. And now, let's get back to the conversation. This has been a, uh, you talk about light bulb moments, Jeff. This has been a light bulb moment for me all day. Uh, And my appreciation for the work of Zaha Hadid Architects has completely changed throughout the day just based upon what I've seen from the Block Research Group and knowing that Sajay is is doing the same thing in ZHA code. And you know, I'd always thought of it as form making is for for form making, right? But no, it's not. It's it's about efficiency of structures and using less materials and, and, you know, even translating that into building in, in maybe some, you know, developing countries 
because you know now you can craft these uh these objects these buildable objects and then transport them or whatever and then build these structures that you wouldn't be able to build before and it's using less concrete less steel less materials and i don't know that just uh, that just you know sparks something in me and and i have a whole new appreciation for them yeah, I'm I'm completely with you on that. I I've mentioned probably a couple of times this week in our conversations that I I've been a quote unquote fan of Zaha since she she kind of came on the scene. I think I think this is pretty typical, right? It's why do you like the music that you like? Well, that's what was popular in my formative years, and Zaha kind of hit the scene as a as a solo architect. You know, I I, I think early in my college career so um i i've i've been a fan kind of primarily you know what you were talking about chris just because of the fantastical forms and and you know and the imagination and everything else but watching and listening to interviews with shaje this week exactly what you just touched on it's like this is the reason right here's here's the technology that we use and why and and to hear him talk about uh historic structures and building techniques and why they they were back then and how they could be now and pushing them even further towards being more sustainable and and cost effective and everything else i'm uh, like I said, I'm 100% with you. That has really changed my view of all of it because it's it's not just it's not even just oh man what a what a really awesome because I I always wondered this I would love to go through and, and experience the space that sh- that Zaha has has uh, painted or 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 drawn you know with ink or whatever it was what a what an amazing experience that must be but it's it's so many layers deeper than that with with what they're doing and and you know to the point of hey we can 3d print these things and use 70 percent less material and you know all of this And, and that that to me was was just sort of earth shattering after 20 or 25 years or 30 years of sort of seeing the work that's like, oh, there's another Zaha building. You can kind of, you can tell what it looks like. And at some point you see, say just, you know, kind of like the work of Frank Gehry. Is it, is it just form making for form making um, or is it something more? And so, you know, I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the more. One thing I wrote down here was that he was talking about measuring the effectiveness of a building in online with how it engages, how it effectively engages the user and that um, we can, it kind of changes, it changes the way you think of the building. Like how many lives did this building affect? Like how many or change or affect, whatever. So um, we don't, I don't design hospitals or stadiums or anything like that, but I don't know if people think about it in that way. At least you're saying that they, they don't mostly. So the possibilities are really, really exciting. So how do we how do we move forward with that? Well, I guess we need to learn those programs, right? What well, that you mentioned at the end, Unreal Engine, Unity, Blender, Grasshopper. 
we said we should look at Grasshopper. Is Grasshopper a forum or is it a program with a forum? What Grasshopper is, is a generative design plugin for Rhino. Okay. So Rhino. when I was getting my master's degree, Rhino was kind of like the popular program. And then I remember Grasshopper started to get popular as I was graduating. And I never used it, but I always saw it as you wrote a, a code like a like you're coding a website and you you write a code and then it spits out something um and that's that was my understanding of grasshopper it's probably completely wrong or maybe it's way out of date but all right so then after we do that then what are we doing you know i i think there's in my mind there's a couple of different components and maybe maybe it just goes back to you know having the open mind piece of it but i think there's definitely the learning the software if you're going to to build something, but I think there's also the conceptual, um, because there's, there's going to be plenty of roles for people that can understand conceptually or imagine what can be done because that's to me, yes, he's looking at technology and all of those things, but Shaje is also very good at imagining applications for all of these things. You know, there's there's the there's the technical aspect, but what's the application? And I I think that is going to be just as big. I mean, I I in my mind, if I can imagine, I can always hire somebody that can do Blender or Unreal Engine or Maya or, or Grasshopper or whatever. But there's a difference between being able to have this thing and what do I do with this thing? I guess. So I think you know, we need to just keep an open mind about what can be done. Another thing that he talked about was um, the opportunity for architects to be involved and influence the future of the internet. And he talked about basically web 2.0. There were people that imagined that being a, being a 3d experience and it, it just didn't happen. It became two dimensional and, really the realm of graphic designers, but he's talking about web 3.0 being an opportunity for architects. Right now is the second coming or the second way where architects could participate in this, in the making 3d of the internet. And, um, and, and, and what's beneficial there is that that's, that's our core expertise. Like how do you host, uh, users in a 3D space. How do you display information in a 3D space? Um, that that is our core expertise, and and um, yeah, and that's that's uh, that's in a way what we think at Zadi's Architects as the spatialization of internet. Um, uh, internet being the information world, and how do you organize that information? In such a way that people can navigate through that information the same way we navigate through buildings and the built environment as very naturally, right? Like, and so, um, so that's a very exciting prospect. Let's say we're we're literally at the early stages, like, but like, you know, just a few years down the line, like almost every website could potentially be 3D, and and every website potentially is a client for an architect, right? And right now every website is a client for a graphic designer. Every website is a client for a web uh, development team, but 
um, yeah, they, I, I think like it just, it's phenomenal uh, new opportunities. That was another thing I had not considered. The number of, the number of graphic artists, graphic designers that are involved in, let's just say web design at this point. Maybe they started there or maybe they evolved there, depending on maybe when they when they came came into the marketplace. But I think having an open mind about as as an architect about what your services could be used for, right? Could you become a web 3.0 designer? And I, I know there are plenty of architects that will go, oh, that that's not architecture, or, or they may have this attitude that that maybe is beneath them somehow. But we're we're talking about and, and I think he said this, I think Shajay said this before we went live, but he says the internet's the lifeblood of everything. And we're talking about architects having the opportunity and the ability to influence the lifeblood of everything. So I think it I think keeping an open mind about that could be important too. Um especially when it comes to why would why would why do I care? Why would I get involved with this? Why would I learn this? Yeah. I think the graphic designer uh comparison is is a a really strong one because yeah. how many graphic designers that were in business for 10 or 20 years before the internet became a thing said, "Oh, you know, I'm not going to where we design logos or we design banners and stuff like that. We're not we're not going to bother with this internet nonsense." And then those that did take advantage had 25 years of, of, you know, amazing work, right? Or, or steady work. <laughs> and the, we, we face the same situation right now. The metaverse is here. Metaverses are here. I still don't know the, the correct terminology. It's here. People are designing spaces. People are inhabiting those spaces. Um, someone's going to design them. So is it going to be someone else or is it going to be us? a really great point and it's you know he he made the point and again i think I'm, I'm blending a couple of experiences here i think our conversation with with others that i watched or listened to but he made the point that you see a lot of a lot of the stuff that's that we associate with the metaverse now and it's designed by people that don't actually understand spatial experience and so whether that's the future of your website or somebody's website that is a three-dimensional experience that could be an incredible value proposition as well do you do you want a website that's designed by whomever that doesn't understand space and designing space and experience or do you really want this immersive experience designed by an architect who is is trained and experienced in creating space and understanding how people experience space. Getting back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation, um, there might not even be websites, right? The website might be your virtual office. And so you go, you know, instead of logging on to a, to a company's website, you log into their meta, or you go to their metaverse world and walk through the, you know, their virtual front door. And then you can go and, you can go into all the rooms or whatever, you know, here's the about us and here's the, you know, and here's the, our services and here's the portfolio of our work. Can you imagine you could work wherever you want in the whole world and then just be at your house? I don't know. 
You could be at your fishing um, place up in New Hampshire, wherever you want to be, Chris. Oh, that's yeah, that's still a dream. Maybe someday. Right. So you could live there, though, and then you could work. You can still have your virtual office and people, clients can just come there. And now, could you get this is maybe where we can blend AI. And uh, so could you get an office assistant that is actually AI and you don't have to have a person there being the avatar? Oh, I, I would imagine so. So, so. you know, if I wanted to go to the echo engagement website, right? So I strap on my 3D goggles or whatever technology and I, and I walk, walk in, you know, Jeff's virtual front door and there's an AI receptionist like, how can I help you? Well, I want to learn more about, you know, how I can improve my brand. Okay. Come through this door, you know, show you more. (laughs) It is exciting. And, and, um, Again, I, I really appreciate Shage for this conversation and I, and I hope I didn't oversell it. I, I, I think that this was the conversation that, that a lot of people were waiting for with, you know, what, what, what are real applications? And, and again, you know, Shage has been with CHA for nearly 16 years, I think, maybe nearly 15 years, something like that. And this is a firm that has been around for quite a while. And so you have a very mature firm that's exploring reasons and uses and purpose behind this technology and and what the future of the metaverse is. Thank you to BQE, the makers of BQE Core, for their support of this podcast episode. Visit bqe.com slash masterclass to register for the next Designing Your Business Masterclass. Well, what did you think? Did you hear something in there that you can use in your practice today? If you were so inspired by this conversation that you'd like to watch the entire Context and Clarity Live episode, head on over to the Entree Architect YouTube channel. There's a playlist there that has all of the full Context and Clarity Live episodes. And if you want more of the Context and Clarity podcast delivered to you every week, give us a thumbs up and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts. If you like content like this, check out Gable Media. It's a multimedia network for people that care about the built environment, and it's the home of Context and Clarity. With Gable's growing family of podcasts and video channels, I know you'll find something there that interests you. You can learn more at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And one last thing before you go. If the topic of today's episode is of particular interest to you, join me over on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern inside the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. That's where every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I host Context and Clarity Conversations. And we take topics like this and we dig deeper. We have a conversation in real time to try to find more clarity around the things that matter most to you. So thanks for listening. I hope our time together has inspired you to think about your community and your practice and how you can support those around you. We'll be back here again next week. And in the meantime, I hope you'll join me and the Entree Architect community on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern so that we can help each other find more clarity around the topics that matter most no matter what your context is.
I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.